Hello, besties. Welcome to the Bestie for Life podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Ann, and I'm so glad you're here. Who is the true and authentic you? This is a hard journey. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're struggling, you're not alone. Hello, this is my first podcast episode. And let me just take a second to celebrate this. There has been so much put into getting into this moment. And even if no one listens, though I know I'm guaranteed to one listener. Thank you, mom. I love you. (laughs) I am still really excited to just be doing this and getting to create and share. So cheers to doing things that are scary and exciting at the same time. Before we jump into our bestie conversation for today's episode, I am going to introduce a new segment that I hope to repeat throughout the podcast. The segment is called Bestie Shoutouts. Think back to when you could call into your radio station and like give a shout out to someone or dedicate a song. This is going to be kind of like that, only you'll write in using the link in my Instagram or in the show notes, and then I'll read your shout outs on the podcast. And so to start things off, I am going to shout out to my bestie, Jackie. We have been friends for nine years. We met in college where we were both having a miserable time, but we became friends and never looked back and had a fabulous time together. Jackie is the kind of best friend that I think everyone should have. She is so kind and caring and always willing to listen, especially if I need to vent about something in life or tell her about something I'm so excited about. Like She will match my energy, and that is something I always appreciate about her. If if I'm angry, she is angry. (laughs) If I am excited, she is so excited, and I love that about our friendship that we have that kind of friendship to to be excited for the other person and and to be invested in in each other's lives. She is really fun and ready to have a good time whether we are staying in or going out. And one time a funny story is that we tried for like a year to start a trend where if you remember planking, um, we were trying to get sprawling to be a thing. And I think part of it was just because neither of us had the core strength that planking required sometimes. (laughs) But if we were like ever like taking a picture or um, just like messing around, one of us would yell out sprawl and then we would have to like lay wherever we were and sprawl out and the picture would be taken. So um, unfortunately that trend never took off. It did not catch on with literally anyone else but us, but we had fun. (laughs) So shout out to my bestie, Jackie. You are absolutely amazing. And I'm so glad you are in my life. So getting to the main event. Um, Our conversation today is going to be talking about authenticity uh, and curating our lives with it. So I wanted to give context to why authenticity is so important to me and hopefully help you understand where I'm coming from and why this is something that I want to talk about, that I'm passionate about talking about. And if you give me five seconds of your day, I will take it and run. (laughs) So 
five years ago, I was miserable and I didn't even know it. And on the surface, I was totally fine, um, you know, existing. But if you dive, if I dove any deeper, barely existing. Like I was kind of just a shell. I was numbing out, um, whether that was like with sleep, food, social media, um, TV, The Office. How many times have I watched that show? Oh my gosh. Um, so I was numbing out a lot. Um, I didn't know if you asked me like what I liked or like what I wanted to do for fun or where I wanted to go to eat, like I could never answer those questions. It was overwhelming. It was um, frustrating. It was embarrassing. But I was just like, I like I'm here. Is that enough? You know, like, can we just accept that that's where I'm at? Um, you know, I didn't really know myself very much. And I spent a lot of time adopting other people's um, I wouldn't say like totally like their personalities, but like was I was wearing my husband's gym shorts and sweatshirts and shirts at, at home to not have to make decisions about the clothes that I had to wear. Like those are comfy, those are easy, done. Um, and not to knock wearing comfortable clothes because that is still all about my life. <laughs> but I wasn't in that moment, like it wasn't a good choice for me to be helping myself. Um, and my self-care and like maintenance care was absolute trash. So again, I didn't know, like there might've been an inkling, but that inkling quickly would get buried by cheeseburgers and Instagram and the office. So I wasn't tuning in at all, um, but I was in therapy. So thank God for that. <laughs> she was patient with me while I dealt with other life problems and struggles and kind of ignored my more of the inner work. And eventually we got there. And she asked the question that literally changed how I started to think about myself and about my life. So she asked, who is the true and authentic you? What is she doing? I just kind of sat there, was thinking, was like, um, eventually <laughs> I came out with the answer of the true and authentic me is laying out at a pool and swimming. And I laughed because I thought that's kind of a ridiculous answer. <laughs> probably not what she meant. You know, she's probably looking for something a lot more deep. And that's, this just seemed like too simple of an answer um, or not enough. But it's what came to my mind. And, and you know, she wants me to be honest. So, yeah, that was the true and authentic version of me is laying out somewhere next to a pool, soaking up sun and swimming when I wanted to cool off. Um and I thought about the last time that I had done that because it had been years and it made me sad because swimming and being outside had been such a big part of my life, whether it was through a job or just like naturally always wanting to be outside. But before I could go all self pity on myself, she asked me if I could do something to make that happen um, and bring it back into my life. So I bought a city pool pass the next month when summer started and I made a promise to myself that I would go to the pool at least once a week and for an hour each time I went and following through on this promise felt really good. Um, but it was difficult. <laughs> I had become a homebody and pretty codependent on my husband and my dogs. So there were definitely days when I had to like really talk myself into going and remind myself that like, this is what was making me happy. Like this is something that is good for me. Um, 
but that kind of just set me off on the path that I was, which was kind of like seeking authenticity in my life. And it was uncomfortable. I'm not going to lie. I felt exposed and raw. I was no longer in the shallows of life, but really taking steps into the deep end. And it was terrifying. I was paying attention to all of my emotions and not just numbing and shutting down the negative ones because I was definitely that person that was seen as happy-go-lucky, constantly optimistic. And that was kind of the label that had been put on me that I fully embraced. I liked being known as the happy one. Um, But I didn't know then that I was actually kind of numbing out all my negative emotions and realized that as you numb one, you kind of numb them all. I think that's a Brené Brown quote. (laughs) So um, not not really serving me. and, and I recognized that I was letting like fear dictate my decisions more often than not. I was hiding myself from the world and worse, I was, I was hiding myself um, from, from myself. So it, like I said, it was uncomfortable <laughs> and I'm probably going to keep saying how uncomfortable it was throughout this whole episode because I feel like media and like social media these days, like it, although they're, you know, we are seeking more reality than highlight reels it's still glamorized, you know, like changing our life still feels glamorized. I've saved like thousands of reels and hell I've made reels that are all about changing your life and, and how beautiful it looks. And they have that like really poetic voice over and, um, music soundtrack. And it's like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing and beautiful. And you're like, yes, I want, I want that. I want that. And what you don't see is the behind the scenes of like, oh, like, do you realize what I felt like right before I started to make changes to get me to how that looks now? Because I was, you know, not good, not in a great place. And I think that's that's similar for a lot of people, but we're not always sharing that. And I love that there is this push more from different peoples and different creators to just show up as you are. And it's okay if you're not okay. So, um, yeah. <laughs> if it, you're hearing about this process when it's already happened. So I will, again, try to be as authentic and real and give you an, uh, a look back into life when it wasn't so great um, to hopefully demonstrate, like, this is a hard journey. And if you're feeling uncomfortable, if you're struggling, you're not alone. So... The next two years were kind of me evaluating and deconstructing myself, my beliefs, my choices, my narratives to figure out what was truly mine, like what belonged to me that felt right on me. And I wasn't just like taking it from the world and feeling like that's what I should be. Um, That's what I should believe. That's what I should want, like, need, um, all of that and, and have it forced on me. What was truly, truly mine and and felt good. And this process came through a lot of tears, therapy appointments. I talked to trusted friends and family. I had a lot of questioning and and my inner dialogue was was definitely like constantly going. It, it was exhausting. Um and it and there were definitely times when it like felt like too difficult and maybe life would just be easier if I just left it alone and let things be. Cuz I was okay before, right? <laughs> wrong. <laughs> that is not accurate, but but in those moments I was definitely like, oh, but wasn't I happier when I just sat on the couch and and watched TV and did nothing, you know? And it's like, 
No, but was that easier sometimes? Yes. But was I happier? No. Um, so I had had my matrix moment and now that I had seen and realized just how miserable I was before I couldn't, couldn't go back. Um, and there's definitely some grief with that, but the changes have definitely been worth it. So that first summer at the pool, every day I went, I was happy. Um, and it was definitely like filling me up and filling my cup up. Um, and that would, that would last. And that was kind of my, my first step into keeping a promise about being authentic. So I continued to deconstruct and I explored more, um, and, and tried to really get underneath the version of me, um, that I had maybe been projecting or feeling like, oh, this is what's safe to show the world, or this is what the world's going to accept and kind of digging deeper and going, oh, like this is, this is the real me. She's awesome. She's brilliant. Um, and that took time. I had to build trust with myself. I had to let go of versions of the life I thought I was supposed to have and go after the life I truly wanted. It's it, it, That is terrifying because there's a lot of people who will judge you. There's a lot of people who are not going to understand your decisions because they're different than theirs or they're different than what maybe you had been saying prior to now and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, I want that. And now all of a sudden I'm saying, actually, I don't. I don't think I want that. And that is hard for loved ones to hear and um, and to have hard conversations like that to be like, actually, you know, I've thought about it and it's not for me. So it's been about four years at this point um, since my former therapist asked me, who is the true and authentic Kelly? Um, and I didn't know her then, but I do now. This version of me is absolutely imperfect and changing, but she's also creative and fun and happy and sad and angry and frustrated. She is so much healthier, though, than I used to be uh, That in, in mentally, physically, emotionally. And it's uncomfortable. i going to keep saying that word. It's uncomfortable. And it's been hard to get to where I am now, um, but it's so worth it. And I know that I'm just going to keep going and I'm going to keep changing. And that authenticity is just accepting where I'm at now and and where I have been and where I'm, I'm going. Because my joy is absolutely real and I'm not hiding it from anyone anymore. Um, not from the world, not from myself. And I love, I love me and I want you to love you. So if you're wanting to get to know who you are the most and and really start to dive into who you are authentically and and that true form of you. I, a, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I am. I also want to help you along in that journey. Um, so I've come up kind of with a list of things that I feel like helped me, um, and I feel like can help you. And I do. I think it's important to say like. As a disclaimer, I'm I'm not a mental health professional or even expert. Um, and and in fact, I would highly recommend if if you feel like therapy is something that you could benefit from, like do it. There are a lot of great um, programs. You can go through your insurance if you're in school. A lot of the times, um, colleges have programs that you can be set up with um, for during that time. So um, I think there are a lot of great resources out there. And so start there, but just know that I'm kind of just giving you what, what, what has worked for me. And, um, hopefully you can kind of take what you like and help that work for you. 
So the first thing is journaling. This is such a, like, it's almost like a secret weapon in terms of like, like taking care of yourself and then like finding out who you really are because in a journal, like you're only talking to yourself. (laughs) You're, you're not going to show this to anyone. And if you're lying, you're only lying to yourself. So it's like really not helpful. So a journal is really helpful because it's where you can practice being honest with yourself for the first time and, and just start with like a general of like, who do you think the true and authentic version of you is? Or, or start with what do you know about yourself right now? What is your favorite meal? What is your favorite outfit? What's your, um, go to TV show? How do you, when was the last time you laughed? You know, like talk about those kind of things. And then this one actually kind of goes into the next one, which is getting familiar with your feelings. Because like I said, when you're numb and you're trying to maybe numb out like one emotion, you you still end up numbing out them all. So another part of the journaling um, is you can journal your feelings. And like, if you do anything, like right now, pull up Google Safari, whatever, type in feelingswheel.com and screenshot it <laughs> because sometimes you don't know how you're feeling. And so having like a, a wheel of all of the feel, not all of them, there's still more, but having a, a lot of choices to pick from can help you figure out how you're feeling because our feelings are just information. They're not good. They're not bad. They don't make us terrible people for feeling them. They don't make us good people for feeling them. Like they are, they're absolutely neutral, but we've attached a lot of narratives to certain emotions. I know I have. And so, um, it's nice to just kind of take those narratives away. And like at the beginning of my journal, I would just look at my feelings wheel and I would just write down all the feelings I felt within the last 24 hours. And it was, it was helpful. And eventually I've gotten to the point where like, I don't need the feelings wheel. I don't need the journal to identify my feelings. I can do that in the moment or retroactively as I reflect. So, um, the next one is kind of a reminder, which is that I want you to think small and then think even smaller than that. We, at least I have a tendency to like go too big and, um, you know, like I think, oh, like I have to change my whole life and, and do all of the things. And it's like, okay, like, let's remind you my, my first step into authenticity was going to a pool and that had, and, and like, I had to break that down into even smaller steps which was buying a pool pass, making sure I had a swimming suit that I didn't hate that would make me feel at least a little bit confident, Um, convincing myself to put on said swimsuit, driving to the pool, getting out of the car. Like, like these were all steps that I like had written on a checklist of like that I got to check off because as you think small, you also get to accomplish those small and the small eventually lead to the big. (laughs) Um, And so it just kind of builds your confidence in yourself and making choices for yourself as you complete the small things. And they're not so overwhelming. Like you can, I can, I can start by buying a pass versus just going to a pool, like thinking small and then thinking even smaller. The next one is to question and think about the information and narratives given to you and put on you. This one is intense. (laughs) Um, and this one, I feel like I'm constantly having to do, like, I don't think this one really ends 
ever because we're existing in a world that constantly is giving us information, is constantly giving us, you know, these narratives that we form or internalize. So it's really helpful to kind of have this reminder of like, oh, like even though I'm hearing this or even though someone's telling me this, I, or, or whatever I'm reading, I should evaluate it. I should see if it really suits me, if it fits me, if it feels true, or can I find a second source on it um, and start to see like how it sits with me. But to evaluate, you know, really, really everything, even, even my, this episode, like um, I would want you to be listening with the intent of does this sit with me you know, like how, how am I feeling about this podcast? What do I like? What do I dislike? And only take what is going to serve you. Other things that you can evaluate would be, you know, anything your parents have taught you, anything your siblings or friends have taught you. If you're religious, what is your religion teaching you? Um, News, what is the news telling you? Music, um, podcasts, books, real social media, evaluate it all and see like, how does it really feel? And does it feel right to you? You're not going to abandon everything. Like as you go through that list, you're not going to say, oh, I don't want any of this. I, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say you won't. I, I, I want to say like, as you're evaluating, like there are definitely going to be things that you decide that you want to keep. You know, my optimism is, although it was a label that I definitely took on, I've decided I still enjoy being optimistic. Um, but that has changed in like the type of optimism that I have. I used to be more of like that blindly optimistic, ignoring all the negative, that toxic positivity. And now it's like, I feel like I'm a more realistic optimist, um, where I can, I can definitely see the good and the bad. So it's, it's just easy to ignore something that you've maybe assumed is true about yourself for your whole life. And then um, even if it's not necessarily actually accurate. Um, So as you kind of evaluate and consider what's true and what's not true about yourself and your life and everything, because then you can decide if you want it to stay in your life or or leave. Um, And even better, what I think is even more important is the things that you choose to have stay in your life. You're going to know why you want it in your life and how it is that it's contributing to you as your true and authentic self. Okay. The next one is probably one that I'm most excited about. Um, and yeah, I love, I love this one. (laughs) Um, Know your core values. So values are the things that, the guiding principles of life, whether you know them or not, like, like whether you've identified them or not, you do actually, you are constantly evaluating your life based on these principles and these values, but you might not always know what they are. So you don't always know why you're feeling out of whack or you're feeling really good. Um, but if you identify your values, you will catch on and it will be easier to make better decisions that like fit you more and make you feel good. Um, or, or quickly analyze and realize like when decisions wouldn't make you feel good. The, the values are kind of the reasons why you do or don't do something. And I really feel like they are the foundation of your true and authentic self. My values are what I come back to every time I'm making a decision. Um, and, and 
there's a there's a worksheet activity that my therapist actually gave me way back when, and I'll put that in the show notes and probably I'll link it in my stories too because um, it is fantastic place to start for you um, if you are wanting to just kind of see like what it is that you might be valuing in life. Um, this is a great place to start. So since knowing what my values are. Everything from my actions, responses, my boundaries, my life decisions are based on my core values. I'll even, I can tell you mine. So my core values are fun, honesty, intimacy, love, and kindness. Um, I always forget. I always forget my last one. Technically, you're supposed to have six. Um, So clearly, I need to think more about it. Um, But those are the five that always like stick out in my mind. Um, And I've figured out that like when I'm making decisions or responding in ways that are kind or fun or prioritizing that um, fun or intimacy and connection, then I'm feeling good in my life. And not to say that things aren't like hard, like I still might be in a frustrating, hard conversation with someone, but I don't have to, when that conversation's over, I don't feel really bad if I've stayed in my boundaries of of speaking kindly, right? Like there's my value is I value kindness. So I'm, what can I do to keep going in kindness? And that's going to be like speaking kindly so that when that conversation's over, I don't feel really icky and terrible because I abandoned my own value. So hopefully you can see how that works. And that is a whole nother Boundaries are a whole other episode that I'm probably going to do because <laughs> I love boundaries. So um, that will be coming up. <laughs> you can come back to those core values and just evaluate what's going on in your life by them and, and what changes need to be made so that you are living more in line with, with your values. Lastly, um, it is to build trust with yourself. Um, this is one that I'm definitely still working on. Um, my follow through is a bit of a, I don't know. They, my husband and I joke about it all the time because I love to start things, whether it's like projects or baking or even like cleaning and I will start them. And then he has to like walk around and like finish these tasks because I do not follow through. So <laughs> this is one that I'm still definitely currently working on, but um, this is again, keep in mind that like start small and then even smaller. It's like a current promise that I'm keeping um, to myself is brushing my teeth two times a day. When my mental health tanks, my hygiene and like dental health especially just like disappear. And so what I try to do to help myself is I'm building this promise of I'm going to brush my teeth two times a day. Now, I didn't say in the morning and night. So that means if I realize at one o'clock in the afternoon that I haven't brushed my teeth yet since getting up at nine, that I'm going to go and brush my teeth and that's okay. So you also find like ways to meet those promises, even if like it doesn't have to be so like strict. So, um, that's kind of an example of like what keeping a promise to myself looks like. Um, this podcast is a promise. I wanted to be creative. I wanted to follow through on this. And so I created a plan and I've been doing the steps necessary to make this happen. So, if you're listening to this episode because I followed through on publishing it, <laughs> um, I've kept this promise, which is exciting. And as I'm saying it, it's also really intimidating. So, ah, okay. Yay for doing things that are scary and exciting at the same time. 
Anyways, the more you build trust in yourself, you will be able to trust your decisions more and your intuition and your inner voice is going to get louder. And their voice will be the voice you hear instead of your parents' voice, your siblings' voice, your past, you know, former teacher or um, religious leader or, you know, anyone else's voice. It's you are going to start giving yourself and your intuition the microphone or the megaphone or whatever you need um, so that they can get louder for you and, and start to really help you and let you know what's up and how to be more authentically you. That is the end of this list. And I'm going to take a second to remind you that this is a list in a podcast episode. You do not have to do all of the things. In fact, I highly recommend not doing all of them at the same time for sure. Just just pick one. Just one thing if you are interested in, in moving towards authenticity or, or just becoming more authentic. Pick one thing and do it for a while and see how it's feeling to you. Pick the one that you feel like is going to be easiest to you, right? Like with journaling, it's not journal for an hour. It's journal for like five minutes, 10 minutes tops so that you don't burn out. Um, it's, you know, identifying your feelings. It's just on your car ride home, identify your feelings or in the shower. If you don't leave the house during the day, you know, go through those feelings, um, that kind of thing. So just pick one, one thing. And if the one, any of those seem too intimidating, like go with the easiest one and then go within that category, like find something even smaller so that you can really feel the success. I hope my passion for authenticity has come through in this episode because I truly believe that the world is getting better the more we are able to be our true selves, the more we accept ourselves as a, as the the human beings that we are, the better this world is going to get. Because as we accept ourselves, we can accept other people for their true selves. And it's it's a beautiful thing to feel accepted by yourself, most importantly, and then by others and to be accepting of others. It's probably one of my favorite things on my kind of self-discovery journey is identifying when I'm being true and authentic. Um, this might sound kind of silly, but I don't care. Um, I still love it. So when I was trying to figure out, like, I, I was starting to try to, like, actually show more of my authentic self. Like, I started to kind of figure out what it was, but I maybe was nervous about a new outfit that I was going to wear, right? I would start first, let me just say, I would never wear it out of the house before I hadn't like practiced wearing it in my house. Um, hopefully I'm not alone in that. I feel like it's a really good strategy for, you know, we got to practice things so we don't feel so nervous about them. So when I was first wearing, you know, shorts or a dress or a tank top that I like hadn't previously worn, I would wear it around the house and practice it. And then before I would leave, I would say out loud to myself, this is the true and authentic me. These shorts or this shirt or these eyelashes, this sweatshirt, these are the true and authentic me. So I hope you get to meet the true and authentic version of yourself someday. I bet they are amazing. I'm excited for you and honored 
to share in any part of your journey to authenticity. Thank you, besties, for listening to this week's episode. Leave a review if you would like. Send some stars my way. It is much appreciated. If you are wanting more Bestie for Life podcast in your life, you can follow me on Instagram at Bestie for Life podcast. This is where I'm connecting with listeners and hearing from you. Later, besties.